Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. That's not me. Oh, hey. <laughs> now it is. For Spike Moyle Chemical Romance Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. If you are watching this, well, however you're watching this or listening to it, be sure to share it right now and like it, comment, do all the different things that give us the good chemicals. <laughs> Moyle chemical romance. The Moyle chemical. Moyle chemical romance. Um, I legitimately thought up that one on my way home today. And I went, oh, well, I don't even know what's in the notes, but that's the one that's being used today. Uh -uh. A, a glimpse into the mind of Matt Wright. By the way, everyone, I'm at the beautiful Charlotte Douglas Airport. Um, we are live. That's why we're live streaming at seven because I'll, we wouldn't be able to do a show because my flight flight boards at eight thirty. Right. So we are going to have to pound through this one, but first we'll and pound through. pound through it, pound through it. Like, nope, not saying that one. Nope. Uh, <laughs> First and foremost, I would like to thank the fine people at SiestaCava.com for the kava that I'm drinking on today's episode. Go to SiestaCava.com for your kava. And allow me to thank wonderful roasted and salted pistachios, which is what I'm eating and why I can't wear a mask because I'm eating. And it's okay. It's very safe. I'm eating. Bula Vanaka. Bula Vanaka. Mm. Right before doing a long show, let's eat some pistachios. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you, of course, by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing waffle-based caucus in probably any party anywhere. Probably. Probably. And if you want to become a full-fledged voting member of the Libertarian Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and buy yourself either a Waffle House button or a Waffle House t-shirt, a Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus t-shirt, and you will be a full-fledged voting member. This episode, voting member. Voting member. This episode is also brought to you by Black Organic Coffee, the greatest cold brew coffee to ever be horrifically misspelled. That is blvckbrews.com. Use checkout code MW for free shipping. Uh, this episode also happens to be brought to you by the most aptly named sponsor of all time. Yes. There it is. There it is. This guy's hand. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Mudwater, uh, the greatest coffee alternative on the market today that tastes pretty decent when you, <laughs> when you add it to with a little honey. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud to start your wonderful, wonderful coffee alternative lifestyle today. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by the Gravy King. I did not check to see if these things were in the right area. Uh, by yep. the Gravy King. Um, and we are brought to you by Nug of Knowledge, uh, the best CBD on the market. And the people at Nug of Knowledge use part of their profits to give money to fight the war on drugs and to also help. Um, I should listen to Spike a little bit more when he's doing this part, but I believe it's to help veterans. Veterans and the poor to be able to get the CBD products they so desperately need and cannot afford. Yes. And 
brought to you by Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor. Joe Soloski is the yeah, key. No, yeah, no, it does that. Yeah, just learned that. Is the key to Pennsylvania's success, as you can see right here. Key to Pennsylvania's yes. success. Um, and as always, this episode is brought to you by personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Did I miss anyone? I don't think I missed anyone. Well, it's also brought to you by Henry McMaster, who is a bitch. Yeah, but we're not streaming from South Carolina. It's weird. (laughs) We're streaming from Florida, so it's weird for me to be like, Henry McMaster, he's a bitch. So it's just kind of like, eh. Well, yeah, and I'm not even in South Carolina, so yeah. Right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna skip. I mean, we've already just talked about him longer than we usually do. So, um, completely not on the notes, which I know you don't have in front of you because you are using your device to talk to me. But uh, did, yes. do you see who's going? I'm also eating and eating. eating. You are eating. Um, very important distinction. Very important. I'm eating here, officer. Uh, did you see who's going for the South Carolina GOP leadership? No, who? L. Lynn Wood. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. L. L. Lynn That's Wood funny. is uh, is going uh, for That's... the head of the GOP, South Carolina GOP. Uh, Does he live in South Carolina? Apparently, I, I'm assuming. Well, that's um, that's funny. Yeah, I, I will go there and laugh. If he becomes the head of the GOP, I will try. I will, I will ask Sean Thornton, who is the head of the uh, Libertarian Party, if he will briefly deputize me as chair of the SC Libertarian Party, so that I can uh, invite Ellen Wood to a debate. <laughs> um. I'm sure there's a way to go because he's easily uh, um, goatable on uh, on Twitter, so we can we can probably get that set up pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, somebody in the comments said, "How is Mudwater not the most horrifically misspelled product name?" It's because they are just missing letters. They are not replacing letters with other letters that make zero sense. Correct. Like that's correct. It's a good point, but it would be like if if Mudwater was spelled M U L W O. L B Z two. Right. If they did M V D W T R, even that would be actually that's still better because I mean V W U. It's it's still it's still phonetic. Black with a V doesn't make any sense. There's no way to make a no. V sound like an A. No. No. So that's why. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of black one black coffee yes i was like how does that work um (laughs) speaking of black coffee uh it is now time for the cold brew black organic coffee cold brew caffeinated rapid fire segment visit blackbrews.com b-l-v-c-k brews.com and use code mw for free shipping speaking of Texas. Um, uh, uh, speaking of Texas, Ted Cruz decided to take his chances at the border. Um, possibly fearing he was going to get deported. Possibly hoping. I don't know. Um, <laughs> possibly trying to get back to Cancun. 
But he uh, went to, yeah, trying to get to Cancun to escape the the heat in Texas now. Um, yeah. But yeah, he went to the border to do his best AOC impression uh, and actually went into the facilities for his camera op. And we actually have that video here. Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you work for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules. You keep sir. standing in, in front of the pictures, so Please you don't want the, the pictures rules. taken. The rules are arbitrary, and Please they're designed the to keep the American people, people in the dignity dark. and respect. That's all we ask. Well, dignity no, it's and not. Respect. You're asking, is this Please. dignity and respect? Look Please at these people. There's, there's a pandemic. Please give dignity and respect to the people. Let me ask, ask you. you. There, there's a I pandemic. I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Is this respecting the rights of these kids? Are you respecting the That didn't look very dignified. That did not look very dignified. Um, that did not look very dignified. And with her going around saying, just respect the rules, respect the people looking at how they were being treated in that situation during a pandemic where uh, everybody else is being told to stay six feet apart, three feet apart. I'm not even really sure anymore. Um, the CDC seems to change it. Uh, they aren't sure anymore. Yeah. They're also not sure. Anymore. And three feet apart, literally like that's like one arm length away. It's not socially distancing. If, if you're not staying three feet away from other people, then you're probably like, a prick because you know no one wants you that close to them you know for longer than a few seconds um and only then for an actual reason like three three feet of social distancing is not social distancing it's get out of people's faces right but putting aside the face the fact that you know this is ted cruz who is hyper partisan and who you know when these types of things were happening under donald trump uh you know he had absolutely no problem with it Crickets. would explain all day long why it was great let's i mean that video those first of all is that i can't really tell is that like what is the plastic bags what are those on the on the floor so it looks like uh the space blankets kind of things is what i was thinking let me pull that back up no not that one that one Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. Yeah, those are people lying on the floor underneath those blankets. Those are people lying on the floor. Wow. Yeah, those are people. Like, I, had, I, I watched it a couple of times yesterday to try to get an idea of what was going on. But, yes, those are people lying on the floor underneath what looked like those uh, space blanket kind of whatevers. Um, so, during a pandemic... The Biden administration, the federal government, has migrants lying in enclosed areas on the floor. It looked like, now that I realized I was looking at people on the floor there, that's hundreds of people. Yeah, that's a lot uh, of people. That definitely aren't, it's, forget six feet, they're not three feet, they're not two feet away from each other. No, they have to respect their dignity. <laughs> what, what she's really saying is, please don't let the American people know that the Biden administration is apparently at least every bit as bad as the Trump administration is when it comes to treating how they treat migrants. Right. Yeah. It's you need to treat the president with dignity and respect, not the people that we have yes. just lumped in here, uh, just lumped in here as though we are stacking bodies. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, big. Big shout out to Zodiac Killer there for, for letting us all know what's going on. 
Thank you for letting us know what we already knew was happening, but right, getting, right, right. getting us video evidence that it is going on. It's pretty, pretty cool. Thank you for that, Ted. Speaking, spe- speaking of things that are going on because uh, during a pandemic, uh, New York State is launching their Excelsior Pass app, uh, which is an app where vaccinated people can show their QR code in order to gain access into venues like Madison Square Garden or Walmart. Oh, wow. Yeah. Madison Square Garden, Walmart. Or Walmart. So, hey, folks, remember when you were told that voter ID is bad because uh, it makes it hard for people to be able to vote if they can't afford to get an ID? Imagine if someone said, oh, I don't know. You have to have a smartphone app to be able to go to Walmart. Would that make things difficult for the poor? Now, that's not only the only thing being it's not only a smartphone app. Other things have been tossed out um, and there is some people who are saying uh, that uh, putting an icon on people's driver's license or state IDs because as according to uh, Semarun Busser, the president and CEO of Appointment Scheduling and Booking Industry Association, that's about the only piece of authentic ID that we've got that's used relatively universally. Oh, that's funny. How about that? Yeah. So they're not, that's with no sense of irony. Now, interestingly enough, folks, uh, no less than the World Health Organization came out saying that they actually don't like the idea of vaccine passports, precisely because it's going to make things difficult for the poor and entire countries that don't have any vaccination yet and can't afford it. You'll basically be segregating entire countries of poor people to die because they can't interact with the outside world in any substantive way. But don't worry, you can feel comfortable going to Target to pick up whatever the hell you're getting for, well, it's not your kids, you probably don't have any kids, but for your, uh, you know, for your nephew. Right. Um, yeah, the, this whole thing about the uh, vaccination, the uh, vaccination uh, passports, I am against them 100%. Um, I don't want to be giving my personal medical information to just everybody who's saying that I, that's saying I can't come into their store. Yep. And I know a lot of people are giving the argument that, oh, well, you have to give your vaccination records in order to go to school or in order to do in order to travel certain places. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not Walmart. That's not that's not Walmart. That's not also. Also, you don't have to prove you have a malaria vaccine to go to Indiana. You have to have a malaria vaccine to go to countries, a handful of countries where malaria is still common. So that would make sense. But for a widespread disease that we are increasingly finding out was not as deadly as they originally said it was, does not spread as easily as they originally said it did, and is still, yes, a very, very serious virus that we should take seriously, but is also endemic in every single country to tell everyone that you have to get them a a smartphone app or have it stamped on your passport or whatever else to be able to go anywhere, but especially, like you said, Walmart, school, or a... Sh- what about a shelter? What happens when you uh, when a hurricane and you can't get to a hurricane shelter? They won't let you in because you don't have your smartphone app available. And maybe you got vaccinated, but your smartphone is dead and all the power's out, so you can't charge your phone. How are they even going to verify such a thing? And you, you just gave Joel... 
you just gave Joel Osteen like his excuse next time around. Yeah, sorry, folks. Uh, they didn't have their passports out. Listen, the the you know this. If you combined inject this into your veins or inject this into your body with let me see your papers with you have to be able to afford a smartphone with everyone needs to be able to see your medical records in this universal app that certainly won't be a security risk combine all of those things and you've got this vaccine passport idea it is a terrible terrible idea and again the world health organization has said that it is a terrible terrible idea and yet guess who's going ahead with it the people that will call you a science denier if you say that this is a bad idea right now in florida here uh in florida here today governor governor DeSantis recently uh, he signed a uh, executive order saying that there will be no vaccine uh passports allowed in the state and that's whether it's eh, i'm i'm half and half on it like if if a, if a private company wants to say, you need to show me your vaccine uh, passport to come in, fine. I'm okay with it. Do it. But he said there will be no, you can't do it if you're a private business or if you're a uh, public. So I would take that over. You have to do it. I would. Uh, yes. And I do think that I, I, I do think that this is going to end up becoming a litmus test for red states and blue states, whether it's mandatory or not allowed. Uh, instead of just allowing individual businesses and organizations to decide for themselves. But I will also say this. I think that, and we see this with big tech, when you see something that is being done by an ostensibly private actor, but it's being done under the threat of, of liability if they don't, with massive amounts of government guidance on what they must and must not do in order to do it, it increasingly becomes some kind of weird gray area between wholly private and wholly public. Right. It is why, as libertarians, we reject the idea of government getting involved in these things in the first place. But since they haven't not gotten involved in it, and since we are having to deal with it, we do have to answer this very sticky question, which is, do we want Walmart and therefore most other, more than likely most other major um, chain brands telling everyone they can't go in unless they download the, you know, my vaccine app? Um, and I, I can tell you this, this also, what about people like, uh, I don't know, people that have had adverse reactions to vaccines before and are advised by doctors not to get vaccines. What about people with like me with autoimmune diseases who are concerned about the very real concerns of a brand new vaccine technology being used, the mRNA vaccine. Now it may end up being perfectly safe. And, you know, the very, very preliminary data has shown that there hasn't been any kind of increase in autoimmune activity for people with uh, autoimmune diseases, but we're only a few months into this, and there are many, many perfectly understandable and valid reasons that someone would not want to get this thing. I'm not getting it. I am very much in the wait and see category, especially after I just spent the last year traveling across the country and 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 was was managed to be able to stay safe during all of that. Um, so you know, I, I I think that it is a unnecessary, arbitrary requirement, and anytime you have these types of things happen, they always inevitably end up making things harder for those with the least. If you now cannot afford a passport or, or, or a smartphone, or if you now cannot afford an ID, because again, this was the whole reason why we didn't, we didn't allow voter ID, people that don't can't afford IDs. Imagine a homeless person who doesn't have the means of proving their vaccination, whether or not they even got it, being unable to be able to actually prove it, not being allowed into a hurricane shelter. Yeah. Or, or it was this brought up. What, 
or it was brought up in the comments like uh, homeless shelters or women's shelters. Like, imagine if you you know you have a you have a female who's at home, she's being abused, she wants to get out, she wants to go to her women's shelter, but the, the husband, the boyfriend, the you know whatever, broke her phone, and they, they won't let her in, or doesn't allow her to get the vaccine. Imagine if every abuser out there knew that the way that that's the way that they could guarantee that their that their spouse will never leave them or their the person they're abusing will never leave them is if they don't let them get a vaccine. This is a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. I'm gonna tweet that later, by the way. Cool. Uh, speaking of voter IDs, Governor Brian Qu- Brian Kemp quickly uh, signed a vast rewrite of Georgia's election rules into law Thursday, imposing voter ID requirements, limiting drop boxes, and allowing state takeovers of local elections after last year's close presidential race. Surely there's no partisan reason to be Is this the one that where they said that you can't give water to people that are waiting in line? It's not. It, like It's not in there exactly, but yes. <laughs> the wording of it was weird. Like it's, it doesn't actually say that, but it kind of makes it seem like it says that. Yeah. Could like, it be I think it's, you're not required to bring them water, ah. which people are saying this means uh, you're not going to bring them water. And we're going to get a little bit more into this in our next segment, but okay. um that was really the only reason I wanted to put it in here is because this gets brought up a lot in our next segment. So I wanted people to know that this happened and it was being referenced. But now, if you're one of the people that's concerned that the government won't uh, give you water or won't allow others to give you water because the government is so racist that it wants to keep people from voting, this is definitely who you want to be in charge of deciding whether or not you can go to Walmart, right? And. Yeah, they're going to say, yeah, we're going to put in this icon on your ID so you can get into these places. You show your ID because, you know, we all have them. But then they get mad about the voter ID law because not everybody can get IDs like these are arguments happening the same week. The exact same week, these two arguments are going on. It's very similar to uh, the people on the left saying uh, we need to end the poli- we need to defund the police, which again, yeah. all all four, and yeah, also all four. only only, for, only police should have guns. Yep. These two arguments are happening simultaneously. Simultaneously by the with same zero people. Sense of irony. Right. Yes. Not even a little bit, and I mean that's just that this is the weird backwards ass world that we are living in. Um, yes. And speaking brought of brought to that, you by <laughs> wonderful. Pistachios. Roasted pistachios. Um, Which I am eating. I'm eating. I'm at the airport. And speaking of being nuts, um, (laughs) Biden did a press conference last week. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. I watched this press conference multiple times because that's what I do. Um, I watched this press conference multiple times, and I was not 100% sure if we were going to do a segment on it. And then I decided that, yes, we're going to do a segment on it. Yeah. Um, So everybody who was a big fan of the idea of tuning in to watch a good sundowning uh, last week, They had the ample opportunity on Thursday 
uh, as Joe Biden held his first <laughs> press conference uh, as president. Um, and not surprisingly, the media treated Joe Biden slightly differently than Donald Trump. Um, really? Oh, I know. Weird, right? I can't believe they did not give him the same tough questions and just vitriolic responses. Um, but yeah, they uh, treat him a little bit differently. And at one point, when asked about whether or not Joe Biden was going to run again in 2024, 60 something days in, um, they said, at this point, your predecessor had already, uh, had already announced his reelection campaign. And he goes, my predecessor. <laughs> yeah. I miss that guy. Um, one of the reporters who was there, uh, said the reason that so many people were coming to the border is because Joe is a moral and decent man. She wow. said many of them did they came. see that video that Ted Cruz did? <laughs> Hadn't come out yet. Mm. Yeah, came up and said, Joe Biden, a lot of people are coming to this nation uh, be, and because they believe that you were going to live up to your promises and that you are the moral and decent man, to which Joe equated to, I am the good guy or the nice guy, and... They're coming. They're coming because I'm the good guy. Because I'm the nice guy. Because it's a... yeah. No, he ran with that for like four minutes. I'm Wendy. <laughs> wow. Because I'm the good guy. That's why I throw him in a cage. Because I'm the good guy. Because I'm the good guy. I'm the it. nice guy. And the media took that answer uncritically and unquestioningly. Didn't Amazing. didn't even say anything. Just said the issue is we got we got a lot of issues and. You know, there are things that are happening and we've we got things that we need to work on. And but, you know, Congress and the things and um, anyway, yeah, whatever, you know, you know, right. Um, a, a, a refreshing departure from the inarticulate <laughs> days of the Trump presidency. We, we are going to get really big into the inarticulate days of the Joe Biden presidency here. Now, the on the subject of voting bills, uh, like we just spoke about, um, people were saying that they were akin to the Jim Crow era. Now, here was Biden. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. Deciding in some states that you cannot bring water to people standing in line waiting to vote. No, that was not all of it. What I'm worried about is how un-American this whole initiative is. It's sick. It's sick. I made the wrong video. In that video, what, in that video, what it's supposed to say is, this isn't like Jim Crow. This is bigger than Jim Crow. This is like Jim Eagle. This isn't Jim Crow. This is Jim Eagle. Jim Eagle. Jim Eagle. But Jim Crow was a person. Jim Crow was a person. Jim, but eagles are bigger than crows. <laughs> sure. The eagles are bigger than crows. This isn't Jim Crow. This is Jim, Jim Eagle. Eagle. And I, I am very sorry that that video did not work out. I should have checked it beforehand, but I had too much faith in myself. I, 
if I were in Congress, I would have to create some kind of voting rights bill and desperately figure out an acronym that would make Jim Eagle. Oh, yes. The justice. Justice in, in migrant. In mi- equitable actions to grant legal voting eligibility. Voting is the soft V. Yes. It, it's a black coffee V. It's a black coffee V. Jimmy Eagle Right. Eagle. <laughs> um, now, after people were talking, like the Jim Crow thing is going to come up a lot. Just want to warn you all now. Comes up yeah. often. But, um, the but not with vaccine passports, which like... Vaccine passports actually didn't come up. Definitely, definitely could, definitely could end up leading to some Jim, some, Jim Crow like, or at least, or at least Jim Pigeon, right? <laughs> Jim, Jim Finch, uh, Jim, Jim Pheasant, Jim Turkey. Uh, the filibuster constantly. <laughs> was constantly being questioned with Biden. Um, and he decided to talk about the abuse of the practice of the filibuster. With regard to the filibuster, I believe we should go back to a position of the filibuster that existed just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. Um, and that is that it used to be required for the filibuster. And I, I had a card on this. So I was going to give you the statistics. 120 years ago. Why are all of my videos too say, short? How do you accidentally say 120 that you years ago? 120 years ago, and then not immediately correct it? I really hope not all these videos are too short. Um, but what he says there is, he says, when the first when the filibuster came into first came in. Um, between ni- uh, 19 something and 1971. Uh, Motions to end the filibuster happened 58 times, but this practice is being abused today. Last year alone, I'm going to repeat that, last year alone, it happened five times that amount. Last year alone, it happened five Mm -hmm. times that amount. Who was in power? Who was in power uh, (laughs) one year ago? Who was using the filibuster to stop the people in power? There you go. He knows that this is going to be like, he knows that his party abused it. And now he's trying to stop somebody else from abusing it. He said, you can't trust them to filibuster. Look at what we did. Look at what we did. Look what happened when we did that. That is incredible. Um, In the same exchange, Biden said, uh, in the same exchange, Biden wanted to say how the filibuster had changed and, it's kind of like, man, I really hope this one plays all the way through. It's a lot like watching a drunk person uh, tell you about their day. And in order to do that, in a 50-50 Senate, we've got to get to the place where I get 50 votes so that the Vice President of the United States can break the tie, or I get 51 votes without her. And so I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been... I am so mad right now. I am so. What did he say? 
He says, we never get to the point where, like, nobody's going to say that I wasn't good at getting things done in the Senate. But sometimes when you, sometimes when you have something that you care about and that's very near and dear to your heart, anyway, Chris. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so he did a, oh, no. He, like, he sundown, like, there was, like, three back to back to back. And he just, in the middle of his sentences, in the middle of his sentences, he just lost it. Just completely gone. That is, like, prototypical dementia, where in the middle of something, you just kind of, like, well... And kind of just you fade off because you don't you don't remember you don't just remember what we all have times where we're talking and we're like, man, I forgot my point. But this is where you forget what's even happening, and you just need a minute and you go, mm, yeah, what's your question? Like you know, that's wow. I think I that's outrageous. Crazy. I have never been. No, nope. I don't know why all of those cut off early. That's neat. Neat. That is neato right maybe there. Maybe the, the videos are sundowning. Right. <laughs> All of our videos are forgetting where they're supposed to end at the punchlines. Who, who edited these videos? Jim Scarlet Macaw? <laughs> Luckily, I've seen them so many times, I know what they all say. Right, now, right, right. So later again, later on, he was asked about the filibuster, and uh, once again, something that was being compared to the Jim Crow era. No, no, you can't. Uh, regarding the filibuster, at John Lewis's funeral, President Barack Obama said he believed the filibuster was a relic of the Jim Crow era. Do you agree? Yes. If not, why not abolish it if it's a relic of the Jim Crow era? Now, that one was the whole thing. Now, uh, what people seem to forget, and I'm going to apologize beforehand for the poor audio on this. This was the best copy I could find. But uh, in 2005, when Barack Obama was a senator, he had a different tune, and he said this. The people sent us here to be their voice. They understand that those voices can at times become loud and argumentative, but they also hope that we can disagree without being disagreeable. And at the end of the day, they expect both parties to work together to get the people's business. You know, that, that version of what uh, Barack Obama said in 2005 is really a throwback, throwback relic to the Jim Crow era. It really is. Now, he does go on to talk about why you don't want to get rid of the filibuster and why the filibuster is what protects the people out there who voted for the, the minority party. And he says, we need to keep this in here. It's very important. But now it's a throwback to the Jim Crow era. And right. we need to get rid of it. Right. Until the Republicans are in office again, uh, in control of the Senate again. And then it, you know, it is the protector of our democracy. And they'll be making memes, you know, comparing it to Jesus or something like that. This right. is classic partisanship. This is this is Ted Cruz being outraged about the conditions on the border when he was one of the ones calling for, you know, a massive wall and, you know, uh, indefinite detaining of migrants, uh, you know, who are coming in for 
you know, asylum seeking and things like that. Like it's 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 nonsense, but it's what we've come to expect. It's it's the show. It's the partisan show game. I'm wondering, like, I'm willing to bet that in Joe Biden's 50 years in the Senate or whatever, um, I'm willing to bet that at some point he said why the filibuster was good and why we needed to keep the filibuster. And I know that we've, we've talked about this a lot and how, you know, if we would have uh, asked Joe Biden about some of the things that he is running on today, even five years ago, he would have laughed and said these are these are terrible arguments. They're straw man arguments because he was much more together back then. Uh, and yep. he would have known what a straw man argument is. Uh, and, right. you know, he he would be able to have he would have said that. But now these are the things he is running on. And he's like, no, I have cared about these things for for most of my career. And, yep, you know, the thing, the thing, the thing, you know, the thing. Oh no, I can't. I'm I'm still eating. <laughs> um, now I don't know if this one's going to play the whole thing, and I hope it does. Um, but finally, when it came toward the end of the press conference, second to the last question, uh, the reporter stands up and he goes, "I know that you haven't really had a chance to talk about what happened in uh, Colorado or Atlanta, and we want to know if you are going to follow up on your campaign promises." whether or not you are going to get rid of, or if you're going to enact gun control, even if it's just ghost gun legislation or, or background checks or whatever. Now, right. if this doesn't play all the way through, I will have to just take on gun control. Wondering if you've made a decision either about sending the manufacturer liability bill that you had promised on day one to Capitol Hill or executive actions like going after ghost guns or giving money to cities and states to, to battle gun control? All the above. It's a matter of timing. As you've all observed, successful presidents, better than me, have been successful in large part because they know how to time what they're doing. Order it. Decide and priority. Decide and prioritize what it is that they want to do, which is why on Friday I'll be going to Pittsburgh to announce massive uh, a, a massive bill um, that will help fix the infrastructure in this country that is needed so wow. badly. Uh, we need to fix our roads and our bridges and get people back to work. Um, something along those lines. That was his answer to gun control. Wow. So, it, but that you know what? That was actually a legit politician answer there. He's basically saying no. Because the timing would be that right after a shooting and demand of calls for action, that that would be the time to strike, not the time to go to Pittsburgh to talk about infrastructure. So that was kind of a a little bit of a signal there to people who voted for Joe Biden for common sense gun control. You're not going to get a lot of you're, it. You're not you're going to get, get a lot of talk about it. One of and the things a lot of people on the right are going to go out and buy guns, but yeah, no, not so much. One of the things I read was that he was considering a uh, executive action on, and I'm not making this up, on mandatory background checks on ghost guns. <laughs> 
I am not making that up. I cannot tell you where I read it, but I'm certain if you Google that, you will find it. But which 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 form number is the uh, is the uh, which 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 is the, what's what's the ATF form for ghost guns? For ghost guns, yeah. I'd like to get a ghost gun. <laughs> Can I please get a ghost gun? Uh, yes, I'd like to apply to get a ghost gun. Is it the thirty caliber clip? Thirty clip, two hundred per second clip. Yes. Yes. Yes, that yeah, one. That one. And I read so that, that and I went. D. How do you get a background check for a ghost gun? That's funny. It's a Casper the Friendly ghost gun. Oh well, yes, that makes that makes perfect sense. Um, I am so annoyed that those videos did not work out how they were supposed to. Um, I'm annoyed for you. But do you know who always works out the way that he's supposed to? Oh wow! Yeah. Personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you are in the Florida area of the United States and you have any desire you have any desire to uh, need to call an attorney for whatever reason to sue someone to sue someone because you were personally injured possibly by this episode who knows uh, Chris, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds attorney at law is the person you should go to chrisreynoldslaw.com um, Have you watched a podcast with incomplete video clips? And you too are entitled to compensation. <laughs> um, oh crap! I forgot. This episode is actually brought to you by somebody else. Um, yes, this episode is brought to you by. This episode is brought to you by Megan Evans. Megan Evans. Megan Evans. Thank you so much for your PayPal donation. You are. Thank you, Megan Evans. You are this week's sponsor, official sponsor of the show. Um, you're a real one, Megan. You're a real one, Megan. Uh, Megan Evans. So now is the point where we take your calls that you guys leave. Me- well, we take your messages that you leave at Anchor.fm/slash Muddied Waters, and. Uh, we get to answer your questions live on the air. We're going to have to hurry through these because Spike has a yes. hard out in 40 minutes. So yeah. here is our first question from Zach Britt. Hey, y'all. It's great to be here yet again. My name is Zach Britt. I am the Libertarian Party Mississippi Secretary. And I just had a question uh, for you guys. Um I've seen a lot of people in the liberty movement denounce this idea of cancel culture, but I just wanted to beg the question, isn't cancel culture um, just another example of the free market at work? You know, if if the baker doesn't have to bake the cake, then does the employer have to keep the actress who said something controversial employed? Or does the publisher have to keep publishing their racist books? Um, I'd love to know what you guys think about the free market implications of the idea of cancel culture and how it could maybe be an extension of the doctrine of freedom of association. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, I mean, uh, cancel culture in its strictest form would be an example of freedom of association. Now, we could dive into the um, we, we could dive into the fact that a lot of this is being driven by corporate media a lot of it is being driven by people that are only uh, tangentially uh not associated with government i mean they, they have very deep ties with government they're they're private to an extent but you know i mean 
I, I don't consider most corporate media to be private at this point. They're tied to massive crony corporations um, that you know have a vested interest in keeping people divided you know, while they continue to, to sap billions and trillions of dollars from us. You know, if you look at you know the fact that in the you know two thousands we saw these huge protests against uh, crony corporations. Uh, and their influence on government, both from the left and the right. We saw it from the Tea Party, the Occupy movement, and, and now what you're seeing is LGBT uh, uh, floats sponsored by Lehman Brothers and uh, J.P. Morgan. And again, there's nothing wrong with LGBT floats or with banks uh, promoting these things, but you see a shift away from actual uh, accountability and, and, and looking at the people in power and a shift towards you know, much more of an identity-based thing as opposed to a, you know, something based on, you know, power. Uh, uh, racism is bad. Transphobia is bad. Um, uh, 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 bigotry is bad. All of these things are very, very bad, and we should speak out against them. But uh, when the, you know, when the Department of Defense will put out something, uh, you know, condemning bigotry, and people are primarily focusing on whether someone said something on Twitter 10 years ago that was bigoted, rather than the fact that the, the Department of Defense right now is engaged in a racist and murderous campaign of, of wars and genocides across the, the planet. Uh, I think that we have a, an issue of priority. Um, so, you know, is cancel culture, for lack of a better word, is that an extension of the free market? Yeah, but so is the reaction to it. In the same way that we can say that you have the right to discriminate, uh, against someone, but they have a right to boycott you or cancel you or whatever. In the same token, you have the right to cancel whoever you want to, yep. uh, for even the most, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, in some cases, not all, but in some cases, the most trivial of reasons, but then other people can come in and, and, you know, condemn your actions to that. Here's what I will say about cancel culture in general. We are increasingly seeing a situation whereby people are having their lives ruined because of things that they said sometimes many months or even years, sometimes as long as a decade or more in the past, which at that time was not considered offensive broadly, but now is considered offensive broadly. And more importantly, these people are not allowed to uh, redeem themselves or atone for it. All they're allowed to do is say, I'm very, very, very sorry, and then still be canceled and still be told that they're irredeemable. This is original sin without the uh, possibility for redemption. Yes. Um, it, it is the condemnation without uh, the ability to be able to get salvation. And I think that that's going to lead to bad things. So the short answer is, yeah, everyone involved is involved in free market association and disassociation including the cancel culture people and including the people that are condemning the cancel culture people. Yeah, I was going to say it is, yes, it is free market for them to do it, but it is also free market for people to call them on it and to say, yep. let's not go to see their movies. Let's not go to see Disney movies. Let's not yep. go to see, you know, cancel Disney plus whatever that is free market yep. as well. And complete. And it's completely fine. Yep. If you, if you have something that you believe in, whether, you know, it's part of, the people who are, you know, canceling people can, you know, canceling people for what they've said in the past or even what they've said, you know, last week. Uh, and you say, no, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm not going to give you any more money. Both of those are free market interactions. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Disney choosing to cancel Gina Carano, Carano, right? Uh, is free market that they you know, she can do it. They didn't like, so they got rid of her. Right. Uh, people responding negatively to that is also free market. free market. People responding negatively to people responding negatively is free market. People responding negatively to people responding negatively to people responding negatively, so on and so forth. All of these are free market, and I think we should focus more on you know being able to argue over whether something's a good idea or not as opposed to saying, well, I have a right to. Okay, well, so does everyone else. Too. Right. That's how I do it. So our next oh, question. Oh, and also, you know, uh, uh, burning your Nike shoes because uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick took a knee is also canceled. Burning your Nike shoes because uh, little Nas, little Nozzle Tough is. Oh God, yeah, the this this little Nas X thing is pure cancel culture. Yes. Yes. Um, our next question is from Luke. Luke, I'm not even going to attempt that last name, man, because I'm going to mess it up. Uh... Hey, Spike and Matt, this is Luke. Uh, I had a question. I was wondering where the uh, Muddied Waters logo comes from. And maybe you've answered this in a previous podcast, but I'm not going to go listen to like 200 episodes to find out. Um, I ask because my wife saw it and asked why I had a sweatshirt with Bondage Lady Liberty on it. So if you could explain Bondage Lady Liberty for me, that would be very helpful. Thanks, guys. Bondage Bondage Lady Liberty has a a dungeon with a bat in it. And... um... Oh, you mean the logo? Oh, right. sorry. Go ahead, Matt. You know more about the logo. <laughs> I was going to say the safe word Switzerland. Um, so, <laughs> so the logo was written by a longtime listener who was listening from like episode one. Um, and his name is uh, Kevin Nelson. He's, he's a really good friend of mine. Uh, and he was listening to our show one day and he drew something very similar to what this logo is now. Um, and then he sent me a picture of it and sent, just sent me a text and he was like, yeah, I drew this while I was listening to your show. And I was like, that's awesome. I want to make that our official logo. Um, and he said, really? That'd be awesome. Just tell people occasionally that I did it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then he stopped doing graphic arts. So I didn't tell people about it for a long time. But no, Kevin is an amazing person. Um, I don't know why he did that with the Statue of Liberty. You know, America blinding liberty. Sure, I don't know. Like, yeah, make up your own thing. Uh, But I took it as like the statism symbolized in the flag blinding liberty. Yeah, that's uh, that's how I've always taken it. But I don't know what he was thinking when he did it. Uh, yeah. I just knew I liked it. I just really liked the logo when he yeah, drew it. Yeah, it's a cool logo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kevin Nelson, great dude, a uh, really good friend of mine. And honestly, like, he is one of the people, anytime we get new merch in, I just give it to him because it's his. He never he never charged me for it. So now I just give him, right. I give him stickers and patches and shirts and stuff if I have them. Um, our next question comes from Donald Anderson. What's up, guys? Uh, Donald Anderson, Wisconsin. I just had an idea, and I was wondering why the Libertarian Party doesn't really kind of do this. Uh, I think we could start an account on Facebook, Twitter, all the social media platforms, just called Libertarian POTUS Candidate, and hand it off from candidate to candidate as each national election comes around. Uh, I think that this would really help the Libertarian Party uh, not have to regrow its base every election. 
I think that uh, that was part of the problem between 2016 and 2020 is that it was difficult to, to have the same, uh, grow the same base that Gary Johnson had. And I was wondering what you guys' thoughts on that might be. Thanks. So, well, thank you for that. So it's an interesting concept. I'm certainly uh, open to the idea of it. The one thing I will say is that one lesson that we learned from 2020 is that if you are going to run for president, you have to already have your team together, your website together, your branding together, your social media together. You need to actually be able to run out of the gate, jump out of the gate running, especially since we pick our nominees in the end of May for some reason. So we're really giving people just over five months to run for office in any real substantive way. Um, if you already have all of that in place, then it allows people that are running for the office to argue, well, I don't really need to do that because, you know, you've got already all that ready for me once I, once I win this nomination. And the problem with that is that we need to already see that the candidate has their ish together to be able to start running. And if they don't, then there's a good chance that they're not going to run very well. Um, so I'm not necessarily against the idea of having, you know, something like that. Uh, but I really think that we should be focusing more on demanding that the candidates already have all that together in the first damn place before they decide they want to run for the highest office in the damn country. Hypothetically. 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 Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not really... I've said before. Like, like, I mean, for example, you should be, if you're at the top of the ticket, you should have a higher reach on social media than the bottom of the ticket does. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. You should probably have a higher reach than the podcast that the bottom of the ticket's on. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. 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 Mm. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Yeah, I feel like I can say this. Um, if you're even the party itself, you should have a higher reach than the podcast that. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. So, hypothetically. Hypothetically. I mean, listen, I, I've said this, Larry Sharp has said this, many others have said this. If you want to run for the presidential nomination, in order for the delegates to even take you seriously, even look at you and sniff your way to begin with, you need to already have a fully developed team with a communications department, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a financing department, a social media department, a media outreach department. You need to already have all that in place, and you need to demonstrate that you are adept in managing that team before you ever do it. You need to raise six figures before anyone even looks at you for the nomination. At minimum $100,000, I honestly say it should be more like a quarter million. When you consider the fact that you're about to go up against people that have billions of dollars in funding, we need to be able to at least put millions together. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to do that if you've raised like 20 grand. And so you need to be able to raise more than that. Uh, you need to have all of your branding in place and all of your logos and stuff like that so that we aren't waiting two months for have a logo and a, and a website, hypothetically. And then also you need to be able to say that this is the only thing you are doing and you don't have, oh, I don't know, a full-time job while you're running for the office of president, hypothetically. 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 Our next question comes from Alex from Virginia. 
It's terrifying because you never know which hello, one you're Hello, Alex from Virginia calling in on the personal <laughs> injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney of law, anchor. Call in a moment. I have a question today for the two of you. And lately there's been a lot of heat and clap and clap back on really the global <laughs> stage. And there's been a lot of arguments on social media, like there always are. But... It seems more more heated this time. And with temperatures and tensions rising, I want to know where you guys stand. Godzilla or King Kong? Thank you. Oh, Godzilla. Like, are, are, we, are, you, are you King Kong? Like, is it who do we want to win or who do we think, we're, who, who do we think I, is going to win? I would assume it would be who do we think would win. Yeah, the Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla. Can, God, yeah, like, Godzilla. Godzilla has. Who do he, I want King Kong to win? Mouth. I want yeah, King I Kong want to King win. King Kong to win, but he's not going. To. Because I really like Kong on Skull Island. I like that movie. I did not like any of the Godzilla movies that have come out. No, the Godzilla movies are terrible. Yeah, they're garbage. Except, I mean, the old ones are like cringingly good. Yes, but like, the new ones are cringingly bad. All of them from like 1998 on are not good. In uh, any way. Matthew Broderick yeah. pretending he's scared. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla would win, but, you know, the people's favorite is King Kong, of course. Right. But yeah, no, Godzilla is definitely going to win. Right. Now, uh, now it's time for our last question from laser legend himself, Matthew Hicks. Hey there, guy on left and spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Dun, dun, dun. So I was uh, listening to the news earlier, and um, murderer cop Derek Chauvin, his legal team is trying to argue that while he was busy choking a man to death, he was distracted by the bystanders watching and videotaping and begging him to stop choking the man to death, causing him to accidentally choke him to death harder. I'm having a hard time with this one. Help me out with it. Hashtag laser legend. So I watched, yeah, I watched opening day, uh, the opening arguments. I watched those yesterday. Um, and I did not see today anything that happened today. So I had no idea about this. If that is actually an argument that they are putting forth. <laughs> like I knew, so I knew what they were going to do. They were going to say he was, you know, he was on fentanyl and opiates. Uh, he was on fentanyl and opiates and methamphetamines. And he was yeah. acting erratically. And this isn't the first time that. This isn't the first time that something like this has happened. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's had run-ins with the police before in the past. So it was, yep. you know, regular behavior, and we they knew that going in. And, like, I, I knew their arguments. But if one of their arguments is Derek Chauvin got distracted by the people saying, please get off of his neck, you're choking him, can he breathe, can you check his pulse? Yeah. That is a weak, weak argument. That's a really, really bad. Their only shot that they have is 
what they always do, which is character assassination of the victim. Um, if there's any drugs in their system, claiming that it's the drugs that killed them and not the, you know, knee on the neck causing them to not be able to breathe right. um, and all of that. Um, I got distracted and oopsie daisy accidentally killed someone. And I got, and, and my distraction was from someone saying, Hey, you're killing that guy. Um, that's a really, that's a bad argument. That's a ter- If it were anyone but a police officer, I'd say this guy's going to fry because it's a police officer. There's at least a 50, 50 chance he's going to walk. Right. Um, and it's very sad. I, I hope he doesn't. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that justice happens here, but yeah, that's a terrible, what a bad, what a bad argument. That's a terrible <laughs> like that's, argument. That's, that's just, yeah. Terrible. I mean, honestly, you're arguing for a negligent homicide um, um, conviction there. Like, if I if I accidentally kill someone, and, like, legitimately accidentally kill someone, and I go, well, you know, the reason I killed them was because I got distracted by someone saying, hey, you're killing them. That's not actually innocence. No. I mean, that's, legitimately, that's, that... I didn't... That, that is kind of murder. I mean, it's admitting to minimum manslaughter. Yeah, that's still kind of manslaughter. Yeah, right. I mean, or, I, or negligent homicide or something. That's, right. That, that's still admitting to a criminal act that led to someone dying. Right. Um, so thank you, Laser Legend. And that concludes yes, this week's personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor column moment. Now, remember, if you or your friends want to have your questions or comments or suggestions played live on the air. All you have to do is visit anchor.fm slash muddied waters where you can hit the message button and you can leave us messages that we will play live on the air. You can also, if you're so inclined, donate by hitting the donate button and you have like three different options. Uh, I think it's like 99 cents, 2.99 and 9.99 or I don't know, something like that. And you can give us money so we can continue to bring you poorly produced shows and if you give us a lot of money we can bring you better produced shows yes imagine having episodes where the full video clip is on there huh wouldn't that be amazing that can be yours if we you give us we got the more. exact amount of video clips that our money could buy um <laughs> yes hypothetically um hypothetically hypothetically oh i miscalculated I have between 10 and 15 minutes. Okay, that's fine. Okay. So, Joe Biden, instead of answering the gun control bill, uh, gun control question, he he pivoted to infrastructure. So, let's talk about what we know about the infrastructure bill that he said he was going to announce on Friday, but uh, he was wrong because he wasn't going to be in Pittsburgh until Wednesday, i.e. tomorrow. So, we only know, (laughs) he must not have been in his binder full of notes. Um, now what we know, it's going to be roughly $3 trillion or more, and it's going to have an effort to improve the country's roads, bridges, water systems nationwide, um, all while pushing a green agenda. And we know that a second one, a follow-up one that we don't know the cost of yet is going to be coming in April. Uh, that's going to include spending on social welfare programs, addressing health care, child care, and other issues. So get ready because he's going to try to push, I'm going to say $7 trillion, $7 trillion in the next month 
to go through in wow. spending. Now, this is uh, expected to call for a major increase in domestic spending starting next fiscal year, um, targeting federal agency that uh, that handle education, climate change, housing insecurity, and other longtime Democrat priorities, uh, according to the top congressional aides. Um, the upcoming infrastructure and budget proposals showcase Democrats' broader desire to rethink the role of the federal government over the course of his presidency. Um, and Biden, in a recent uh, in a recent announcement, uh, teased the transformation. Uh, teased a transformation linking his philosophy to the massive anti-poverty campaign waged by Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, if we all remember the war on poverty that LBJ put forth, um, I believe it went kind of how the war on drugs did, and it increased the amount of people on poverty. Yes. Now, we would like to congratulate poverty on winning the war. Right. Just like we like to congratulate drugs on winning the war on drugs. Terrorism for winning their wars as well. And I'm not really sure what he's calling this if this is a war on infrastructure because that just doesn't sound great. Um, (laughs) I would call it the war on potholes because A, that sounds politically uh, uh, popular. And B, because it will lead to more potholes. Now, the question is, how are we going to pay for this? Because it's $3 trillion, and we are already spending a lot more than what we have coming in. Yes. The answer is taxes. Really? Yeah. Now, God, I want to talk about the transportation tax or the travel tax, but they said today that that wasn't a real thing, but I just don't buy it. They're saying it's not a real thing because that's the best way to kill this bill is let people know how it's going to be funded. Are they boarding? Okay, all right. I got to start heading over. Okay. I can't eat anymore, so now I got to put my mask on because I'm not eating. So um, I've been eating this bag of pistachios for an hour. There we go. Go ahead. So, uh, one of the ways that was proposed uh, was the travel tax or the transportation tax uh, with Pete Buttigieg saying, I think that shows a lot of promise. If we believe in that so-called user pays principle, the idea that part of how we pay for roads is how you is you pay based on how much you drive. The gas tax used to be used to be the obvious way to do it. It's not anymore. So a so-called vehicle miles travel tax or mileage tax, whatever you want to call it could be the way to do it. And the reason that they are doing this is because there are so many more electric cars on the road and so many more hybrids on the road that they are saying, yes, this is the easiest way to do it. We're just going to have to know your mileage, which means they either they believe you when you say how many miles you've traveled in a year or they are going to be tracking your car. Yeah, it's one of those two things. And it's not that they believe you. Yeah, well. Remember, folks, when they said that if you buy a more uh, 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 energy-efficient vehicle, like a uh, hybrid, that it would save you money, and that uh, you know they would always make sure to tax the big gas-guzzling corporations, and then instead now they're doing this. So this means that if you have a uh, 
if you have your, your car, hybrid or otherwise, and you're a, an Uber driver, you're going to be paying more for infrastructure than the billionaire bigwig whose company is getting the contracts to build all this infrastructure. Yes. So this is 100% a regressive tax. Yes. Well, all taxes are regressive, but this one's not even pretending to be a progressive tax. No, this one, this one is going to hurt the middle class and the lower class more than anything else. Other things that yeah, they are proposing... Uh, other things that they are proposing is uh, taxing people who make more than $400,000 a year at a much higher rate, uh, more than the 37.5%, I think, that they uh, pay now. Um, they are going to be uh, pitching the idea of raising the corporate tax 33% from 21 to uh, 28. And if you are a married couple and both of you make $200,000, get divorced now because stay together. Just, <laughs> just get divorced. Just get divorced. Stay together because they are going to start uh, potentially charging you as though you make 400000 and charge you at that same rate that they were charging. Yeah. Now, no matter what, taxes are going up across the board, and they are going to sneak in things like the travel tax, even though they're saying they're not. And it's going to hurt the people who are in the lower, in the middle class and lower middle class. It's going to hurt them badly. But they're going to say it's for their, it's for them, it's better. They need to just, you know, deal with it. And somebody said in the comments, and they are 100% right, yeah, the gas tax isn't bringing in as much money, but they aren't going to get rid of it. So the people who can't afford the electric cars and the hybrids are still paying more in the gas tax as well. So they are going and to And you're paying for the mileage. And too. you're paying so for the mileage. Exactly. So they're getting you twice. And these are the people who can't afford to, to upgrade to, like, the Tesla or that's the only electric car I would ever buy. Um, so... They are actively going after the lower class and the middle class with this bill because they don't have a choice. Yes, they're saying that they're only going after people making $400,000 or more and that they're going to raise the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28%. However, it's the other stuff that they're going to have to include in order to be able to pay for it. That's the stuff that's going to hurt the lower and the middle class. Yep. This is what happens every time. Yes. Anytime the government says we're going to spend a whole bunch of money dollars for donuts it is going to be paid for by the people who have the least because that's what they always do right. and it's funneled to those who have the most the contractors you know hey if you're poor you don't have a contracting company but if you're rich you might and this is how all of these work these every major government spending push is a act of wealth confiscation from those who already are in a tough place and handing it off to those who have the most. That's what, what they do every single time. And this uh, transportation bill is no different. And the fact that they put that rat Buttigieg in charge of it demonstrates that, uh, you know, neoliberalism is alive and well. Thankfully. Hey, we didn't do a thankfully. On thankfully. 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 As everybody can see, Spike is getting ready to get on the plane. So tomorrow, Spike will be on Matt Kibbe at 4.30 yes. Eastern. Mm -hmm. At 4.30 Eastern from 5.30. And then on My Fellow Americans tomorrow night,
He has Lenny Jarrett. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Jarrett. Lenny Jarrett. Education reform. Education reform. Santa. Lenny Jarrett. A crowd. A fan favorite. So be sure to tune in tomorrow night for uh, Matt Kibbe at four thirty. Is that being aired live? I don't know if that's live or uh, if that's live or pre-recorded. I don't know. Oh, it's pre-taped. Um, I could have opened that and found out. Uh, and, <laughs> but be sure to tune in right here at Muddied Waters Media for Spike Cohen and Lenny Jarrett on My Fellow Americans. And this Thursday, this Thursday. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm not, I haven't left. i got to pull up my, my boarding pass. I get it. And this Thursday, uh, right here on Muddied Waters Media, is the triumphant return of the writer's block on April 1st. Um and yes, I will happily assist in the event of emergency. And my, and my very special guest on the first show back of the writer's block after a year and a half hiatus is the laser, laser legend himself, Mr. Matthew Hicks. Oh, that's going to be a fantastic episode. It's going to be great. Now, that's going to be going on 8 o'clock Eastern on Thursday, so... You have so much more muddied waters coming at you. There's going to be so much more happening. We've got a lot of good stuff happening, and we are glad that you all are here for all of it. Um, so, Spike, if somebody were to be looking for us online, would that be possible? Uh, yes, it would be possible. Uh, we can go to uh, Anchor. Are we 14? Are we 14 or 15? 14. 14. Uh, we will go, you can go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters uh, to hear our dulcet, sweet, sweet sounding dulcet tones. Uh, and you can also tune into uh, float.app slash muddied waters. Muddy Wonders Media, uh, and you can find this and every episode of Muddy Waters of Freedom and my show, which is called My Fellow Americans, by going to muddiedwatersmedia.com. Thank you all for tuning in. We do appreciate it. We know it was a little bit rushed show, uh, but obviously Spike has somewhere he needs to go. Um, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to meet us right back here. Same, nope, same muddied place, different muddied time, the old muddied time, muddy time, the original muddied old time, muddy next Tuesday, right here at Muddied Waters Media. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in. And where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>